Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. If you've got your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to start a new series today, and we're talking about the parables of Jesus. And so there's, there's really kind of different ways that, that you can come at talking to people about Jesus. There's the come and see, and we kind of hear that sometimes. And then there's Jesus' message that he seemed to say a lot, which was go and die. It was go and give your life. And just fear warning, today is the latter. And so uh, get ready. Uh, those of you that want some cotton candy, this ain't the day. Uh, this is a give all kind of day. So Matthew chapter 13, we're going to look at the parables of Jesus. Today we're going to look at just one. It's actually only one sentence long. And so Matthew chapter 13, I'm going to read it. And then we're going to pray and then we'll dive into it. Matthew 13 verse 44 says this. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, it's gonna camp out there today. And then in his joy went and sold all. In his joy went and sold all, A-L-L. Joy sold all. Went and sold all he had and bought the field. Father, we come before you today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this one sentence, this parable that Jesus gave us. And we ask that you would help us to live this out in our context in Kansas City in 2019. Father, we ask that the word of God would come alive today. We honor you. We love you. We thank you for what you will do. And Radiant Church said, amen. amen. This parable, Jesus is hitting on values. He's talking about worth. He's talking about what you deem valuable. And so all of us value something. There's different measures of what we would value. And so when you picture that Jesus came and he gave his life for you, he deemed you valuable. And Jesus here is telling what it's like in the kingdom of God. And he's talking about when someone, when a man, when he discovers this treasure in a field, he goes and hides it again. And in his joy, sells all that he has to buy it. It's an idea about values. And so I was thinking about values and, and how, how it plays out in our lives. Like we all have different values and you, can, you can't see a value in a person until you see what they talk about, what they think about, what they act like. And it kind of, we can kind of see what someone values based upon the way that they live. So as a father, I could see this in my children. My daughter, Olivia, values clean. My wife wishes all of our kids value clean the way that Olivia does because she values clean. And so I asked them what their hobbies are. And I kid you not, my little girl said, I feel like my hobby is to clean. I'm telling you, she has no sin nature. She's perfect. I mean, she's the dream, right? She values clean. So because she values clean, you can see it in the way that her room looks, her bed. She makes her bed first thing. It's intense. It's amazing. My, my son, Justice, he values adventure right? Renata's prayer life increased when we had that boy because he loves, <laughs> Renata's, I didn't even say mine. I'm just like, what's up? All right, he's a lot. 
I mean, bike riding to hiking to whatever, wherever, to roller coasters. Like he loves adventure. So because that's a value, see, in the way that he lives. And when it comes to what he wants to do on a family night, it's different than what Olivia wants to do, different than what Adeline wants to do. My girl, Adeline, she loves games. I mean, when we're in the car, she wants to play a game. And if I start a game, but we don't finish the game, there is disappointment because we are a game people. She likes family game night far more than family cleaning night and far more than family adventure night. She wants games. I say that because as a father, I can see what's in the value system of my kids based upon the choices that they make and based upon what brings them life, what gives them joy. And here in this text, you've got to know that you've got a heavenly father that he sees the measure of your joy, like what you value, what causes you to come alive. And as Jesus is giving a little window into what the kingdom of God is like. He's talking about a man who finds hidden treasure in a field. Now, first century, different than today, if you didn't know what to do with your wealth, some might go bury it in a field. No, no safety deposit boxes, banking system different than what we have today. So if you, if you don't know what to do with it, you wanna make sure that nobody steals it, this might be a way that a man would go and hide it, bury it in a field. And we've actually got some other times where that idea, Jesus talks about that idea other places. It's, so it was common in that culture where you were the only one that knew where it was buried. And so the parable is about, it's, a, it's one point, it's about the man who discovers, finds, stumbles upon a treasure. Now, I just want you to think about today, when you look at your value system and the fact that Jesus saved you and, and you've got this relationship with God and no matter what your story is, no matter how you found Jesus, no matter if you grew up in a home where you were taught about Jesus or maybe you stumbled into a church somewhere, or maybe you heard about Jesus through something, a book that was given to you or a Bible or maybe, I don't know how you found out about Christ, but this idea is about a man who gets this treasure, and this treasure has such value, it affects how he lives. It affects what? He goes and sells all he has in order to buy the field, and in the field is the treasure. And so today I want you to ask the Lord what it looks like for you to value, for you to, for you, for you to have the treasure of the kingdom of God alive and at work in your life. Kingdom of God means the domain in which God is king. So right now, you've got areas in your life where you go, God at work, the kingdom of God, Christ inside of you, God at work. And what's the value system for the kingdom of God? And I want you to see this, because this is, this is a story about sacrifice. And this is a story about value and about giving up something that he probably likes all that he has for something that he loves. Giving up, we don't know the fullness of the backstory because it's, it's just a parable about to communicate this big idea of there's all these things that he has, but there's something of surpassing worth, value that is far greater than everything else that he has. This is one of the most challenging messages to talk about in a culture like ours where we possess a lot of wealth in our nation, in our time. Because it's one thing in the first century, but wealth then doesn't look like wealth now. 
And, and it's interesting because if you're one of these disciples I, listening to Jesus preach, I think, I think you're resonating because you're seeing this happen on a day-to-day basis. You're seeing people kind of check Jesus out Some follow, some back away, some ask questions. Actually, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all tell the story of the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler who verbally says, I'm gonna come follow you. And Jesus looks back at him and says, go and sell all that you have. And then the rich young ruler goes away sad because he had great wealth. And so in his mind, he thought, Jesus is who I wanna follow. But then when it came to actually valuing Christ over valuing what he had, he actually wasn't willing to give it all up. And your father sees your values like Jesus sees the rich young ruler. And here's the moment where Jesus looks at these people and he says, it's kind of like treasure hidden in a field. A man found it. When he found it, he hid it again. Went and in his joy, went and sold all that he had. And I want to hit on that motive, joy. Because sometimes when we think of what it means to give all, surrender all, be wholehearted, give everything to God, It's easy to feel like I need to do it out of guilt or maybe out of fear. But the motive for wholeheartedness is joy. The motive is joy. That's Jesus talking right there. Like out of his joy, he says, I gladly sell all. Why? Because I may like the things that I have, but I love the treasure. I want that treasure more than I want whatever he has, cheese and donkeys or whatever it is in that day. That's what I want. That's, that's the thing. That is the story of our lives. The story of our life is, oh yeah, you are my treasure and I have given up all because of love for God. You're my treasure, you're first And I want the kingdom of God more than I want anything. And I just want to invite you. We're going to take a moment at the conclusion of the service for you to come before God and just say, God, do surgery on my heart. God, I want to hear what you have for me. God, I want to revisit what it looks like for me to make you my treasure, for my joy to be in Christ above everything else, for the surpassing greatness, the joy. C.S. Lewis said this. Listen to this great quote. C.S. Lewis, he said this. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy, there's that word, is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. And so for us that sell all, it's always looking like costly obedience. It's always looking like utter dependence. I was thinking about for these disciples that it probably for them felt like multiple times where it feels like I sell all and buy the field. Like I was imagining Jesus, hey guys, follow me, leave your nets, leave your tables collecting taxes, follow me sell all, buy the field. And the moment Peter leaves his family and James and John leave their family and Matthew and Thomas, and okay. And, and I, I guess now I, I give everything and 
I leave it all behind. But then maybe later on when there's teachings like this and Sermon on the Mount and Jesus is giving the Beatitudes and Jesus is talking about all these different ways to form character like his and telling people to be like him. You can imagine, well, I, I, I left everything to follow and now there's, <laughs> there's work to do. I got to become like him and I got to become like Jesus and, and it's actually my treasure to become like him and to leave everything and, and sell all again and buy the field and God change me and God be at work inside of me. And now I was thinking about that moment where Jesus sends them out and he sends them out two by two to go do ministry. And you're just, you're just the tax collector. You're, you're just the guy <laughs> with the fish. And now not only have you left him, not only are you trying to be formed into his image and be like him, and he's giving all these messages on what it needs to be like to be like him. But now he's telling you, I want you to go out and I want you to cast out demons. I want you to raise the dead. I want you to do what you've been seeing me do. It's like, <laughs> it's out of the comfort zone again. Sell all by the field again because you're the treasure. I was thinking about even then, Great Commission, very end. You've been with him. He, he dies on the cross. He is risen from the dead. And now you're going to go be martyrs to take your, the, the good news of Jesus to the world. And you sell it all again and buy the treasure again. It's a picture. And sometimes we think, yeah, I did that one time. I, I prayed a prayer, gave my life. I think we have a way that, Jesus, you're worth it. I sell all by the field when you're 16, but then you're 31 and it looks different. And Jesus is going, keep coming. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta sell it all and buy the field again, yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that we go through these journeys where it's easy then to kind of start to get a little bit of comfort, a little bit of wealth. And Jesus going, now I want, I'm gonna invite you to more. I'm gonna invite you. At first, at first it looked like you're gonna give this, but now I, I want you, Peter, I, I want you to actually go and do ministry like I do it. Now, Peter, I want you to go and give your life. Now, James, and you just, it's, it's this, we keep, we, we keep selling. We keep coming and going, all right, I, I give all. I, I give it to you again. This process of discipleship, of becoming more like Christ and then stepping into ministry whew, like Jesus has called us to. And, and Jesus hits on the motive. And this motive is beautiful to me because so many people live a Christian life out of shame and guilt, but Jesus says the motive is joy. I do it out of joy. I do it because I find greater worth in the treasure that's hidden in the field than in what the world has, everything that I've got. I was talking to a man in our church this week and he was, told me a story of him leaving his high paying job for a far lesser salary because God was calling. And we were talking about this message. And he said, my field, my field at the treasure in this stepping out, leaving some comforts 
to obey, obey God and step into what he was calling me to. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense for the world when they see, hey, you're gonna sell everything and buy that, buy that field. But the man who knows where the treasure is actually is the sane one because he knows that the value of the treasure far surpasses the value of all that he has. This is the story of the kingdom. You say, I've left everything to follow. Jesus, it's your worth. I love the story of David Livingston, the famous uh, missionary to Africa who lived in the 1800s. And I wanna read this quote of his, it's pretty long. Uh, when I was, uh, I was about 2007 or eight and I took a team to Botswana. And um, while we were there, did a little study on David Livingston. It's where he was at. And he, there's stories of him that he literally was attacked by a lion. There's stories of him as a missionary leaving Europe in order to go and take the gospel to Africa where he actually had teeth falling out, like he experienced hardship. And so when he returned, there was such applause for him giving up the comforts of Europe to be a missionary to Africa. And one of his quotes is right here. It's a little bit long, but I wanna read it to you. He says this, for my own part, I have never cease to rejoice that God has appointed me to such an office. People talk of the sacrifice I made in spending so much of my life in Africa. Is that a sacrifice which brings its own blessed reward in healthful activity, the consciousness of doing good, peace of mind, and a bright hope of a glorious destiny hereafter? Away with the word in such a view and with such a thought. It is emphatically no sacrifice. Say rather, it is a privilege. Anxiety, sickness, suffering, or danger now and then with a foregoing of the common conveniences and charities of this life may make us pause and cause the spirit to waver and the soul to sink. But let this only be for a moment. All these are nothing when compared with the glory which shall be revealed in and for us. Then his famous phrase, I never made a sacrifice. David Livingston saying, it's worth it. Don't give me the accolades and the applause. I never made it a sacrifice. There's this happy trade-off, not begrudgingly. I gladly give up what's of less value for what's of more value, sell all for the treasure. It's a question of value. It's, it's joy is your motive. And in following Jesus, it's making him our treasure. So joy is your motive. And here it says this, all, A-L-L, -L, all is the cost. All, all is the cost. And what, what does it look like I mean, here's this man and he liquidates everything, meaning that has all value. This doesn't compare. And I was thinking about as a father, how you can see not only values in your children, but you know, you can see what they're willing to liquidate everything for, right? Like my son Dawson, he, when he was 10, he was willing to liquidate everything for Madden, the game on the Wii console, right? Like he, he, he liquidated all because when Madden came out, he wanted it and then he would work all year. And when the next year came out, liquidate again and get Madden again, right? Because value, why? Value of the, the game Madden, right? Willing, just like a child, because he was a child, just, just give it all. He wouldn't do that today, but he would do it for his pair of skinny jeans at H&M. Now he just liquidates every time we go to the mall. What's up, right? And because a little bit di different value system when you're 10, which is a little bit different than when you're 14 and a little bit different when you're 44. And here's the idea. What does it look like for you to come before God and say, 
I, I surrender all. We sing these words. What does it look like? How, how, how would you apply Jesus' words, not David's, Jesus' words right here? All right. This is, this is Jesus describing what the kingdom is like. And what does it look like? What, is, what does sacrifice look like for you? We always sacrifice for what satisfies. So when you're 10, what satisfies is Madden. When you're 14, what satisfies skinny jeans, right? What satisfies? What's alive in our heart? And everybody actually sacrifices for something. It's just, what are you sacrificing for? What are you sold out for? What is the A-L-L all for? What does it look like in your life? And what surgery on your heart today? What questions via the Holy Spirit would say, let's pinpoint what I wanna do. I wanna be your joy. I, I, I want all in your life. So if our motive is joy, all is the cost, Jesus is the reward. Kingdom of God, the domain of which he is king, I am yours. And I want us just to get real practical and say, how? How do I make him my treasure? How do I find, how, how, do, I, how do I expand the affections of my heart to where he becomes my treasure? A couple things, one is this. Place your attention on the treasure, not the cost. If you're staring at giving all, it's hard to give up. But if you're staring at the treasure, well, I mean, this is what Paul says in Philippians 3. I consider rubbish compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ for whose sake I have lost all things. So just stare at it. What does it look like? If you'll stare at it, you'll like it more. Like if you'll be with God, if you'll listen to the songs that are about God, if you'll talk about God, if you'll bring that into the small group, into your conversation, if you'll start, if you, if you start, to, whatever you start to stare at, you'll start to value. So think about how can I do that with my life? And joy doesn't come when you consider what you've given up, but what you've gained. Ah, this is where joy will come. This is my treasure. If this isn't really your treasure, it's hard to give up all. But if this has become your treasure, if this, then it's the overflow, it's joy. Second is this, narrow your interests. And I got this from, this is A.W. Tozer, and he had this great message, and it was uh, 10 Steps to a Burning Heart. And I loved this one, narrow your interests. Like, just, I just picture this old school preacher just screaming, narrow your interests, you know, and I don't know what it looks like for me. You're like, that's what we got today. Uh, but here's A.W. Sozer. He said this, we are called to an everlasting occupation with God. This everlasting occupation. So every time that you say yes to other things, it's easy for this joy, this affection to have a rival. So... Every, every yes to other things has the capacity to make it less about this. So to the best that you can. And you start just, and I'm not, I'm not telling you the specifics of how to apply this. I'm inviting you to come before God and let God speak to you about what it looks like for you not to settle for lesser treasures. We are so tempted to just settle for lesser treasures. And these are treasures, right? Like we, there's a lot of things that, that we enjoy, that we love. And that's the challenge is because we have them. I mean, like, we, we, we've got an abundance. And so, I mean, when you think about billions of people around the world, 
when you think about what we have, I think we fit the category of a challenging scenario because we have so much. And so I wanna invite you to begin to ask that. Last one is this, invest your time, talent, and treasure in the kingdom. Here's the point. If you invest time in something, eventually your heart goes there. Wherever you've got skin in the game. For example, Renata does not care about my fantasy football league. And it's baffling to me because I'll tell about who I defeated, about who I traded for, about who I won that week. And no matter how much I have excitement, Renata remains zero enthusiasm, (laughs) right? She just doesn't care. She has not traded like I've traded. She has not studied the waiver wire like I've studied the waiver wire. She doesn't know. She doesn't have any time, any money in it. And no matter how much I talk about it, the affections of her heart never increase about fantasy football, right? She's got no skin in the game. I've got some skin in the game, right? I've got my reputation with Kenny Reed. I've got Josh Hubbard mocking me. I've got some, some time where I've read about it. I've got a little skin in the game. And I remember the days where I mocked it until I played it and then I liked it. And then I got some skin. In the, now it's got, I, I kind of like it. I got a little bit. Here's my point. Until I did that, I didn't, I didn't have, it, the same thing happens to us. When you invest your time, talent, and treasure in the kingdom, your heart starts to go there. So if you were to invest in a stock, well, up until that point, you may not have cared about that stock, but now you've got your money in that stock, now you care, right? Like, whoa, let's watch, let's pay attention. Same is true. You put your heart in serving. You put your heart in caring about the lost of Kansas City coming to know Christ. You put your heart in being a part of a way to make a difference in the lives of others, giving sacrificially so that people will come to know Jesus or to care about the poor for those who don't have the abundance of what you have. You start to put your time, talent, and treasure there. And you know what starts to happen? Your affections start to go there. And so practical step. And here's the greatness of this story, because not only do we come and read this parable and go, ah, yeah, okay, I gladly, I sell all, I'll buy the field, Jesus is the treasure. But theologians, pastors, and scholars always love to point out that there is one, his name is Jesus, and he already left everything, sold all in heaven to come to earth to live perfectly, to die on the cross for you because you were his treasure. Why would he forego the comforts of heaven? Second Corinthians 8, 9, though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. The word became flesh and lived for a while among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. He gave me the word became flesh. Though for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Why? You're his treasure. He came to earth. He bought the field. Is your your his treasure? It goes both ways. It's Jesus, the master teacher, storyteller. You go. Well, which one is it? <laughs> Maybe both. Maybe Jesus is just so much smarter than we are. The kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field, and when a man found it, he hid it again, and in his joy. 
in his joy. Jesus has joy in his for the joy set before him he endured the, in his joy <sighs> he left Philippians 2 right he becomes a man servant of all that you might have life that you might know God and I want to invite you today to tweak your treasure don't find your treasure in earthly treasure it's ashes let the kingdom of God become your treasure. Let the kingdom of God. And God, I care about you. And God, I care about what you care about. What do you care about? He not only cares about you, but you know what? There's 7.7 .7 billion people on the planet. And he wants relationship with all. He wants to know them. I love this song that we started singing a few months ago. Uh, I'm just going to read the lyrics to you and it. I, when we started singing this song, I didn't understand why we were singing all these numbers. We started singing about billions and trillions and millions and zillions and Google. And I just was like, I just thought it was all just like affectionate, like worship, like we're just singing numbers, right? We started singing this. And as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear where you lost your life so I could find it here. If you left the grave behind you, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you've done every part designed in a work of art called love. If you gladly chose surrender, so will I. I can see your heart a billion different ways. Every precious one, a child you died to save. If you gave your life to love them, so will I. So I just thought we were singing. I didn't know why we went from 100 billion failures to 8 billion different ways. I just thought we were just singing songs. Like, I don't know, just... The people in Australia making up numbers, you know, like 40 billion things and a zillion million plus the lords, you know, and a hundred billion angels and 10 million pieces of sand bless God. I don't know, like, but that lyric is 7.7 .7 billion people on the planet, 8 billion different ways, every precious one, a child you came to save. of God, it's like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And he went and in his joy sold all he had. He left heaven for you and for them. Instead of just caring about stocks and sports and fantasy football and your heart starts to get like I love the way I love the way right now we're seeing all these teenagers at Radiant Church right we got teenagers running production we got teenagers 
singing songs up here, teenagers in the band, teenagers staying and getting here early at 6.30 in the morning. You know why? They got a little skin in the game, right? They have taken steps. I invite you to think about this. What's the step? What's my next step? What's it look like for me to care like he cares, for me to get involved? I want to care about the 7.7 billion people. I want to, I want to care. I want, I want that to be my treasure. I want to sell all. If he'll sell all, he left the riches of heaven, but we won't leave the riches of Johnson County. <laughs> God, what does it look like for me? What have you called me to? You're my first affection. You're my treasure. You bow your heads with me. Will you ask the Holy Spirit to give you one application for your life? What is he saying to you today?